0: what's up everybody welcome back to bucket heads your favorite college basketball podcast it is coming at you year-round um it has been two weeks but we are back for episode 73 i believe of our podcast um we are bi-weekly now because we're in the off-season Um, There simply is not enough uh, content to stretch once a week. We apologize, but that means every other week we're gonna be chock full of content and stuff to talk about. Uh, My name is Connor Lamanz, I'm here with Justin Golba um, and we've got Transfer Portal, Palooza, college basketball free agency, bags getting dropped left and right, Justin. um, And that's what we're going to basically be dealing with through whenever the NBA Draft is in June.
1: It's actually kind of funny that we go bi-weekly now, because the transfer portal is f- far more interesting than anything Ohio State did this season. So I think we should stay weekly, but that's just enough. I don't make those decisions. So um, we'll see.
0: If there's their emergency podcast will always be on the table. Um, if something shocking and/or wacky happens that you are like, okay, we cannot wait two more weeks to do this. Um, we'll slide back in like if uh, for example if Bryce Sensabaugh ball blows it just blows everybody away and it's like not coming back we'll, we'll probably have to hop back in even if it's an off week but um but yeah it's uh it's like 80 degrees out here in Columbus it's warm we are it's, we are it's past, so nice we are past the basketball season the season is over um, I'm already moved on like to I'm, I'm also writing about baseball now in the summer Um. But national championship is over. We're squarely into the off season. and Gene Brown is gone, um, which kind of sucks because we like Gene Brown a lot.
1: Yeah, he's. I feel like he's impossible, like not to like. You know what I mean? And I tweeted this, but I, I haven't had the chance to say it. If you're one of those people that said who, when Gene Brown announced he was he was uh, transferring, please leave the comedy to the professionals.
0: Yeah, you're a loser if you said who about Gene Brown. Um,
1: loser.
0: <laughs> if I would honestly, I would like, I would validate the opposite response, which is if anybody wanted to take six seconds to look at Gene Brown's stats from this past season, it's like pretty sure he was like fifty-five percent shooting overall, and I think he was like thirty-five or forty percent from three on not very many shots. I think he only took like thirty-three shots this year. But in the words of our good friend Mark, Mark Titus if you're shooting over 60% from the floor or you're shooting over 40% from three, you have to just keep shooting until those numbers go back down to a more reasonable level. So like Gene Brown was, he was, he was good in the minutes he had, but I think we all know that like what his skill set is. And there's a reason he only took like 35 shots in 20 games.
1: Well, it is tough with, you know, the injuries that he dealt with him, not really having, um, Really, an off season at all? From what I from what I understand, he was hurt twice, two different times. Like, you know, I, I don't know. It's it just it. I think this whole year was just kind of, I don't want to say lost for him, but when you start twelve, what ten, eleven games into it, no off season, it's just really hard to get into the flow of things. I think the weirdest part is like I haven't really heard much about him or like where he's going or anything about his like. He's still a he's still a guy that's going to impact a team somewhere. So it's it's interesting. I've really heard anything, but uh, yeah. I mean, he's a he's a he's a heck of a player. Um, I I still think he could have probably he probably wouldn't have had a huge role in this team, but I do think that when he came in, I mean, he they he won a tournament game as a starter. You know, like he was still being impactful, um, in certain ways. But you know, with with the recruiting class they have coming in, even looking ahead to like twenty twenty four, even though well, he's a junior, so never mind. But just looking with the transfers coming in, it's just, you know, if the, in this day and age, if you can go get go to a place you can get more minutes, you can't really fault a guy for doing so.
0: Yeah, um, like you said, it's a guy that ideally for like a championship caliber roster, you would love to have Gene Brown as like your 10th man in the depth chart. You would love to have Gene Brown as somebody that can like come in and play like ten ish minutes maybe a few less than that um in crunch time or like your team's up like ten late in the game, put him in there as a defensive stud, and uh you know just kind of ride it out to the end of the game that's a champ- – championship rosters have those kind of guys that that are on the you know on the team, but in the age of immediate eligibility, it's really really hard to sell a two B college senior. And this is across the board. It's hard to sell a guy and be like, hey Gene, like we want you to stay. Like we think that you're gonna be part of a winning program. However, you're never gonna start for us. Like every like the freshmen that are coming in are better than you. Like your your minutes are never gonna increase, Gene. We want you to stay, but just let you know like you're never gonna start here. And when somebody can he can transfer, go closer to home potentially and like start somewhere else, it's it's tough to sell a guy just on Hey, maybe there's the potential for us to win games, but for you individually, I don't know. He's from Georgia, correct? Yeah, he's from Georgia.
1: Yeah, I mean, also, I think it's it's. I, I'm glad you brought up like the transferring and stuff. Um, Is it's? I think Chris Holman takes in the staff. They take a lot of shit for, you know, the transfers they brought in and stuff. And you know, to each their own on that. I think they've missed on some. I think they've hit on some. I don't think anybody's been incredibly, incredibly, incredible. Um, maybe we have one now, but we can talk about that later. But um, I think that they should very well be commended for the retention of players. Yeah, I mean, 20% of Division One players are in the portal right now. That yeah, is absurd. insanity. That's absurd. And, and last year, it was, what, only nine teams or 11 teams didn't have a player hit. Yeah. And last year, all they lost to the transfer portal was two guys, one of which was graduating anyway. So he was never coming back to Ohio. Arns was never coming back to high State. He was either moving on with his life or playing one year somewhere else. And this year, as of now, they've only lost one guy. So when you've got teams like Arizona losing their starting point guard, North Carolina losing their starting shooting guard, like Baylor losing their starting point guard, it's impressive what Ohio, what Ohio State's been able to do in terms of retention, especially with what most people would consider disappointing probably two seasons with what they've done on the, on the court. So I, I don't know. I I think that's something that I think it says a lot about the coaching staff. And I do think it's an important piece to the puzzle because you can't win if you don't retain talent and they're retaining talent for the most part.
0: And, and I could just be short-minded and forgetting somebody, but it seems like most of the players in the past six, seven years who have left Ohio state have been guys like Gene Brown. That is like, okay, like either for one, I want to move closer to home, but also they typically were not like good main role players in the team. Um, I want to move closer to home. Like, like Jaden Lede just didn't work out moving across the country for college. I'm going to go back down South to Texas, which is what he did. Or it's guys that like, just didn't have a role to have playing time. Those are the ones you expect. But nowadays there are, like you said, like Kirk Creasa, Caleb Love, Hunter Dickinson, guys that are starting. Yeah, Hunter Dickinson. I forget that guys that are starting who will continue to start, who will I, I'm guessing probably make pretty good money in NIL at that school. They'll be like the face of that program. They'll be a starter moving forward. Guys just get up and go for whatever reason. I can't really think of an Ohio State player that was like a, a, a key five starter, like a double digit scorer who like came off of a good season and said I'm leaving Ohio State. I'm going to go play somewhere else. Like that's not a yeah, kind I'd of be like e. Liddell. I feel like that
1: like EJ Liddell hitting the transfer portal like that's where we're talking like that's the level of talent like they can send in a cable these guys are on and um the the Jadon Le- I I root for Jadon Jadon Ladee I rooted for him the whole time I to San Diego State to win the championship but the revisionist history with that on like Twitter and stuff over the past week was was real fun to watch another great one they let go that's not yeah I mean win.
0: Let's, on, let's be honest
1: just, with ourselves. He averaged just, three points a game on thirty-two or thirty-eight percent shooting as a big man his freshman year. He struggled. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. It's okay to say that. And then he went to San Diego State, found a perfect role, and played great. There's never a scenario someone I saw someone jet on the D, would've been nice to have this year. There was never a scenario he would have played it's, this far to Ohio State, who's behind Caleb Wesson. Can you imagine Chris Oldman benching
0: Caleb Wesson for Jadon Only? It's like the, it's like the Joe, Joe Burrow thing, honestly. It's almost the same exact yeah, thing. Like, you need to look back at the situation when the kid decided to leave the school. Right. You need to go I'm look so. back at when they decided to leave, what was the situation, and did the coaching staff necessarily have even a say in that? Like same with like That's, that's another good point. Yeah, exactly. Like, are you gonna are you gonna seriously say like three or four years ago, like, listen? I mean, Caleb Wesson was a very good player at Ohio State. You're going to tell me that you're starting Micah Potter or Jaden? Lede- yeah, you think that they're going to start Micah Potter or Jaden Laddie over Caleb Wesson? <laughs> Probably not until Caleb Wesson leaves. So, do you really expect guys like Jaden Laddie and Micah Potter to say like, "Okay, I'm willing to wait three years. I'm willing to wait four years to 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 finally be a starter"? No, like, no, they're gonna they're not going to wait three four years. So. Guys that are capable of playing somewhere are not going to wait multiple years to start probably at the current program. Like, come on. what would Do we think that Jaden Laddie would have averaged, you know, 10 points a game for four straight years at Ohio State? I don't know. Probably not. Would he have averaged 10 points a game as a fifth-year senior at Ohio State? Maybe. But would people have bitched about him for the three years in between if he didn't? Probably.
1: 100%. And also, you got to look at fit. Like, fit is so important. He went to TCU coached by a top 12, 10 coach in America. I mean, how many coaches are better than Jamie Dixon? Not many um, with his track record. And it didn't work there either. So, and that was closer to home. So, you know, he found his perfect fit at San Diego State and, and capitalized on it. Credit to him, man. It's awesome. He just entered the draft. I don't think he'll get drafted. But
0: Ironically enough, it's it's since the transfer portal has become a thing Um, because Ohio state, some fans, I would say the off season where Ohio state lost Luther Muhammad and Alonzo Gaffney and DJ Carton, I I believe all of them were roughly the same time. That was before the transfer was a thing that was kind of jarring because that meant all of those guys were willing, if they couldn't get the waiver, they were all willing to sit out a year to go play somewhere else. And at that time, that was when people were like, Hey, what's going on? Why do guys play a year or two and then leave Ohio state? Uh, let's, let's get angry.
1: Well, that was the first time I would say that maybe to your point of like role play or like quality role players left. Those would be the only guys, like, because Gaffney wasn't playing much, but he was a five star from Ohio. And then you had Carton, who was one of the highest recruited guys ever at Ohio, like in the past 10 years at Ohio State, who was playing 20 minutes a game and Muhammad was starting. So that's where people were like, okay, what's going on? And that was the first time I think that question might have been fair. Now you look back on it. Muhammad's transfer from Arizona State because it didn't work out. His Orlando best, Mohammed's
0: best season was his freshman season. Still, <laughs>
1: still at Ohio State, yes. And DJ Carton is overseas
0: playing somewhere because it just he's in the you know, G, he's in the G League in the G, G League.
1: League G League, yeah. yeah so you know, I, there there was some stuff with DJ Carton that we'll probably never figure out, whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I think I think and then he's you do the you
0: to, do the the, the one eighty, and now you have fans that like. I don't know if it's the same people, but now you're going to have people that are saying, hey, we have people on the roster that we need to get rid of. Why do we have this dead weight? We need them to transfer. And it's like seven years ago. It's like, how are we losing all these people? So now that the transfer portal is a thing, it's like, hey, once we realize who's dead weight, now people are like doing the opposite. Now they're like, hey, we got to find a way to get these guys out of here.
1: Yeah. It's, it's definitely an an, uh, ever, ever flowing, I guess. (laughs) I guess train of thought. I I don't, I don't know. Gene is a, it's a good definition of
0: the grass isn't always greener. I think Gene is a winning player. I think Gene contributes to winning in more ways than one. And also super, super nice guy. Very good, very good kid. Very smart, articulate kid. Um, hopefully he winds up somewhere where he can contribute. So he scoots out. Jamison Battle scoots in, which <laughs> I wish we could pull up the audio from, um, I don't know, three, four weeks ago where we were out here talking when about... I was-
1: Begging for Jameson Battle to come, and, to and, and
0: back then it was back then it was kind of like uh, I literally gonna said talk-
1: this isn't going to happen. But man, would it be literally, cool?
0: <laughs> we're like talking out of our ass. Like, there's no way Jamison Battle transfers in conference to Ohio State. Like, it just isn't going to happen. Um, and then Indiana got in there early. It sounds like and he did like a I he'd home say- visit, Wilmington. and he visited IU. It sounds like Indiana was all over it. The on three like AI predictor thing was like 100% Indiana. Um, and then, I don't think that's incredibly accurate though. No, it's not. And then Travis Branham, who is uh, one of the guys Is incredibly like, accurate. <laughs> 24-7 was like, I'm putting a crystal ball in for Ohio State. And I'm guessing that these guys probably put in crystal balls just like after they talk to the player. I'm guessing. Oh, yeah.
1: he does. I don't think Branham puts in a crystal ball unless he like, He's like, no, this guy's going. Like, a crystal ball is like, he's going.
0: <laughs> so, Jameson Battle is a Buckeye. Um, there is – I don't think there's a player that I can think of in the entire transfer – and the whole – of available transfers that fits the, the need that Ohio State has better than Jameson Battle. Um, it's literally a Home run target swooped in there, um, got him. I'm really excited to hear. I don't know when I'll have an opportunity – um, probably not until media day to talk to Jamison and hear a little bit more about kind of what that recruitment process was and, um, maybe how his experiences facing Ohio state or dealing with Chris Holtman as a member of the bat, uh, uh, Gophers, maybe how that played into it, but, um, swung right in there and, 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 and got a starter. He will start, he will play probably 25, 30 minutes a game. His floor is going to be like 10 to 12 points a game minimum. Yeah,
1: I would say yeah for sure minimum. I mean, you look at at GW; he was a bucket. He averaged about 15 a game through two seasons there. He came to Minnesota, was an immediate bucket, 17 and a half a game. I it's it's jarring how well and how much he shoots the ball. Honestly, I mean, I don't think people like realize how much shooting the ball seven seven threes a game at a 36 percent clip just how good that is. I mean that that's that's really good and that's really going to help them spread the floor out. The only person, you know, a lot of people have had their opinions on what Ohio State needs. The only thing I truly thought they needed in the portal they have to go get is a four. There was nobody on this roster that even even coming in, even Scotty Middleton or anybody that I thought was going to start at at um at the four. I just it I don't think any of them really or at least they could have, but now you give them the opportunity to maybe kind of ease into a little bit. Just also, like, some, I guess, notes, you would say. We consider Justin Orange to be probably one of the better shooters to, like to come from Ohio State since John Dibler. I think a lot of people would agree with that. He, We would call him a sharp shooter. He averaged 1.33 as a game on 3.5 attempts. That's half. They shot almost the same percentage, but that's half of what James Battle shoots. So it's, I mean, it's truly like he's, he shoots the ball at a high clip. He shoots it at a pretty high efficiency. This year is tough for him because he was hurt a lot. And yeah, it affects him when Minnesota stinks that bad. Um, you know, with their only two wins, you could probably, by the way, he shoots the ball uh, his, his, his three attempts per game or seven attempts per game from three. That's more than dealer shot at Ohio State. He doesn't. He doesn't nearly shoot the ball as well, obviously. But he only really shot he'll about shoot, six and a half. So. I
0: don't think he'll shoot seven three point attempts per game at Ohio State. But I, think I don't either. I don't either. But he's go. But that's just how look, much he's going to spread that floor out. Four or five attempts from three, I think, is reasonable. Which I would have to go back and look at the last time Ohio State had a player. Probably Dwayne Washington. I'm guessing that took five threes a game.
1: Let's Look up what Dwayne did. Yeah, I mean he shoots. He shoots about 14 shots a game too, which is funny. He shoots almost the same. Like he shoots seven twos and seven threes a game. That's just what he does. Also, when you type in Dwayne Junior, Dwayne Washington Junior stats, you get his NBA stats, which is cool to see. Shout out to Dwayne Washington Junior and all the haters say he's going to suck in the NBA because he's been pretty good. And I like Dwayne. Dwayne's a good dude.
0: There, I think there's reasonable while you're looking that up. I mean, I think there is reasonable. Um, he's not a perfect player. Um, I know that there's people on each end of the spectrum, as is everything. Um, I, we think he's a perfect fit. That's not because he's a perfect player. Right? He's yeah, a big guy. He's a big guy, six six seven, two twenty ish. He's gonna hang out in the perimeter. He's not an elite defender. He'll get the job done. Like if you're grading it, probably like a C, a C plus. Like he's not gonna be horrible. He's not going to be fantastic. He'll get the job done, but not like not the most athletic guy, not the fastest guy. Um, but he's not. I don't know. He's not lazy. He's not going to not hustle. He's not going to give up on defense, but there are parts of his game that you'd look at and say, yeah, I mean, he, he's fine. He's passable in a couple areas, but he's going to give you 10 to 12 points probably per night, if not that, more. And,
1: that, that. That's a, and I would say that's a given. He's probably going to give you more. It obviously depends on if Senzabal comes back. By the way, um, it was – he shot – Dwayne Washington on his career shot 5.4 threes a game at 36%. So a little bit less, but same percent. So that's how good a shooter James Battle is. Um, I, he, it's a given, ten to twelve points a game. I think now if Bryce comes back, it's probably you know they got to share that ball. Obviously Bryce sends the ball. He's going to want the ball in his hands. He's going to want to make plays. He's going to want to go ISO. He's going to want to you know create shots off the dribble. It's is what he does. What he's good at. If Bryce doesn't come back, this is your number one option. But I think easily Bruce Thornton being your number two. So. I'm very excited, I think, and I don't think this has anything to do with Bryce. I think Bryce can easily play with James in battle. I think they both can spread the floor out enough. Um whether Zed Key or Felix Akbar start at the five, I probably think Felix should. I think Zed will. It's a different conversation, but um I think, you know, Jameson is clearly your four. Your three is either Bryce or probably Royal Royal or Middleton. And then, you know, you work around that. So I, I think this is just this is the most versatile kind of lineup I've seen from them in a while. Um it's a lot of what I kind of hoped last season would be, honestly, but with suing just kind of never quite getting right and you know, some of the transfers not seeming to fit in as well early, especially early on. Um, this is where I think this the, the, the you're taking out some of the equation with transfers when you get a guy like James in battle because you know he can play in the Big Ten. He's already done it. He was if you've listened to our our podcast preseason this year he was one of the guys we were both highest on coming into the year like he's always been really good Minnesota has two wins in the big ten this year you could argue he was the cause of both of them they beat Ohio State because Ohio State was so focused on stopping battle Dawson Garcia had 30 and they beat Rutgers because James the battle hit a three to win the game so I he's just he didn't contribute much to winning because Minnesota stunk but for the winning they got he contributed so I I'm very excited for this. This was the when all the transfer he's not the best transfer in the portal, obviously, but when all of the transfers came out and started flooding out, this was the one that just stuck out as like, this is the best fit. Go get him. Let's ride.
0: Yeah. I think it was pretty I think it was at least there's so much to keep track of, but from the guys that I saw, it was pretty guard heavy. Um and then there's like centers too, which Ohio State did not need to add a center. They did not need to add a big man. They're gonna have they're going to have three centers on the roster next year. Uh, Zed Key, Felix Akpara, and Austin Parks. Even if like Austin Parks is not going to redshirt, but he's a guy that, you know, you can throw him in there for three, four minutes a game. If something happens to Zed or Felix that they're hurt and you're down to two centers, Austin Parks is, he is all of like 6'10", 250. If anything, they might want him to slim down a couple pounds, but like really, really big guy. Even if Austin Parks is not great right away, he's at least big enough that you're like, okay, um, like this year, your keys out. Akpar's got two fouls. We need to just throw a big body at Zach Eady. Maybe he can put a hand in his face. Okay, that's Austin Parks, the guy. They have three. They'll have three centers in the roster. They didn't need a center. They didn't. I say they do need a guard, but they the bigger need was a like you said a forward, a four. And I thought that there weren't. Quite as many of those in the portal. Um, and this was the one that I was like, we both were like, th- this would make a lot of sense if he was willing to, to stay in conference and transfer to another uh, a Big Ten team.
1: Well, and that was, and also because when you look at who played the four this year, everybody that even tried to play the four is gone, right? Because Justice Sewing was the starter there. He's gone. Bryce Sensibal slipped over there at times. He's probably gone. Even when they went super guard heavy, it was more like Ice and Eugene Brown both trying to handle that load. They're both gone. Caleb Netsler is a four, but he didn't play at all this year, so I don't know exactly what he is. He doesn't seem like he's transferring, so that's something I don't I don't know. He that's kind of a weird one. Um, maybe he'll play this year. Maybe he won't. I'm. It's impossible to predict. So we'll see. But he I mean Jameson Battle is going to be. Um, this is the most excited I've ever been about a transfer to Ohio State so
0: yeah there's a, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic, and i I just think that his his floor is his floor is very high um like he you you may not get what do you average with Minnesota's junior seventeen points a game or something' you're probably you're probably not going to get seventeen because he's not going to take like sixteen shots a game at Ohio State, um, but I feel like the floor is like ten to twelve points. Which, how many transfers has Ohio State right. brought in that averaged, say, 11 points a game? N- not many. A couple. Not a- Any question. Just assuming, I guess, counts. He was there for like 10 years, but he was a transfer. Um, so he, his, his floor, I don't even know if he did. I think he might have been closer to like 8 or 9, but we can double check. Um Sean his, his, might
1: have actually ended up averaging that.
0: Sean was close. He was he was teetering at around nine and a half to ten all season. But, but yeah, his his floor is very high. He's going to play thirty minutes a game. Um, the concerns that people have about him that they think this is bad, this is bad, this is bad—valid concerns. He's not a perfect player, but there's not really any part of his game that you look at and you're like, oh, he is just horrendous at A, B, or C. This is just not a good get.
1: Keyshawn Keisha Woods averaged eight a game. He actually wasn't even close.
0: Yeah, he was an NCAA tournament hero.
1: That's true, he was. Um, and that's, and that's. I think you brought up a good point there with, I don't know what his ceiling is. Uh, Sean averaged 9.7, so close. Um, I don't know exactly what his ceiling is. I don't know exactly, like you said, could we get 16 or 17 a game? Maybe, are we going to? Probably not. I think his ceiling is definitely like, you know, all Big Ten type player. I don't, but his floor is a lot higher than a lot of other transfers. I don't see any tonight I'm sure this will get clipped if I'm wrong. I don't really see any scenario this is like a miss. You know, like I think he's going to contribute in a, in a big way because I've seen him do it at two different places on in at two different schools, in two different conferences, in two different systems. You know, he's he's just contributed everywhere he's gone. So why would this be any different? So that's where I think this is a good get for them in terms of when you go get these kinds of power like high major transfers. They know, how, like, obviously, James Battle knows how to play in the Big Ten. He's done it for two years. So that's where it gets it, – it's nice to go get the kind, guys like that. Even when you go get, like, Ice or Sean McNeil from a different conference, there could be some learning curves because it's a different conference, different style of play, different, you know, rotation, stuff like that. James Battle is very familiar with everybody in the Big Ten, all these players. He knows what's going on.
0: I'm excited, for sure. And that leads you to, like, you know – <laughs> This is. It sounds stale because we've gone through it before. But it's always it's constantly changing and, and evolving. Is how many spots are there now? Like, is there like has somebody transferred since then? Could somebody still be transferring out? What's going on? So like right now, I'm gonna have to pull up their roster and just so I can look it over with my eyes. But I'm pretty sure as of right now, there are no spots technically. Not,
1: yeah. If if Bryce so, were to come back, there are no spots. Yes.
0: So there is technically nothing. So it will be funny if in the next two weeks Ohio State adds another adds another player via transfer um, because technically there's no spots, which if they add another player in the next couple of weeks, I don't expect Bryce Sensibot to announce in the next couple of weeks that he's staying or going. He has over a month to do that. I don't expect him to make that decision in April. Um, that would mean either Bryce is leaving or, Ohio State, they know that one of these guys is going to be leaving soon. But
1: or honestly, you know, Bryce is good enough to where it's like, if if you you don't want to get caught, you know, not paying attention and missing out on a roster spot, what you do is you add a transfer. If Bryce comes back, you just you figure it out, you know, and make it work.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was told, I was told by somebody. Basically, in the program that, like, let's say they, um, they add a transfer, assuming Bryce is gone. They add a transfer, take his spot, his scholarship, and and then Bryce is like, actually, no, I'm coming back. They will find a way. Yeah,
1: you make that work.
0: I'm counting up. One, two, three. Because are we counting Owen Spencer?
1: I was under the impression his scholarship was season long. I could be
0: wrong. That is also what I was told, was that there's very little chance that Owen Spencer is on scholarship next year. But I'm counting it up because you have Holden is one, Roddy Gale is two, Bruce Thornton's three. three. Uh, let's keep going here. Bowen is four, Zed is five, Kalen is six, Felix is seven. Owen, if you count Owen Spencer, that's eight. If you add Jamison Battle, that's nine. And if you add all four of the freshmen, that's 13. Right? I think if you count Owen Spencer, that's 13. If Bryce leaves, you have a free one. And I believe if Owen Spencer's scholarship is not a season, like if, if they're like, you know, that scholarship was for last year, but we need that for another player, then they would have one open even if Bryce came back. But for obvious reasons, I don't think Ohio State wants to put out a memo that says, walk on Owen Spencer will be losing his scholarship this season. The optics of that are not fantastic.
1: Yeah, but I think that's just a lot of times how those kind of midseason ones go. I could be wrong. but
0: He was only given that scholarship because Seth Towns started this, the year with the team on yeah, scholarship and then, so and they then had, left. So they had a scholarship they literally were not using.
1: Yeah, so that's why I think it was only season long because at the end of the season, you would, you would think that you would fulfill that scholarship.
0: So you know, they probably would have one open even if Bryce came back. Also, I don't it,
1: with know. COVID stuff, it's so hard to track scholarships at this point. I don't know. The fact that like even Caleb Love is allowed to transfer and isn't, I, I'm like, how old are these guys? I have no idea what's going on.
0: And then the other one that to keep an eye on Justice Sewing could have returned. That was yeah, news to me. Yeah, that's doing way too much because he had like three, two injury years or something, and an extra year. Two injury years plus the extra COVID year would mean. I think seven years of availability that which is yeah, you just, that's you exactly stop. what it was. We gotta stop with yeah. Yeah, it's just Because he missed um, he
1: missed two years he played four years, missed two years, but neither of them was the COVID year. It was the one year transfer and then it was medical research. So
0: I think Tanner Holden is the only one I think Tanner Holden's the only he's one the that to keep an eye on. Because yeah, he's he's the question I, mark I do not I d I don't I don't work for the team. I don't work for the university, so this could be inaccurate, but it sounds to me like Tanner Holden, he will graduate when OSU graduates, I believe, the first, like the end of April, so like in three or four weeks. And I'm pretty sure if you've already used your one-time transfer, you can only transfer. You can only go to the transfer portal transfer. if you're a grad transfer. Right. They're and making, right now I, Tanner I, I
1: Holden – I think they're trying to make it a point to make it pretty hard on two-time transfers to try to make the transfer portal a little less unbelievable, but it's not working
0: which like cuz i don't think that i don't think Tanner's graduated yet i don't think he graduates till the end of april again i think which would i, I don't no know idea. how the NCAA works those rules i don't know if he's allowed to enter the transfer portal before he actually has his diploma or if they're like you can't do that till we know you're done which and then flip it i don't know how that works with Jamison Battle like did Jamison Battle finish his degree at Minnesota and had started his masters that's why he was able to do it even though technically he is still in classes at Minnesota right now I don't know, like Jameson Battle could have graduated, been eligible for the grad transfer thing, whereas Tanner Holden, who is a true like senior in college, like he's 22, he might just be graduating on a normal track, which therefore he may not be able to enter the transfer portal till he gets his diploma, which still could be two or three weeks away. So he still could be on the way out. And I don't think that would shock anybody after how the end of the season went for him.
1: Yeah, Jameson Battle is graduating this semester. So it'd be, I guess, the same situation as Tanner Holden if he does graduate this semester. Um, Where did you find that? What the, the, the,
0: which one? Jameson. Just or the Tanner? just the battle still in classes.
1: Star Tribune. Okay. It said the Gophers okay. are honoring seniors Battle Cooper and Samuels in the regular season finale, and they're they're all graduating this this semester, but they all have eligibility left. Okay. This is the Star Tribune telling Minnesota fans that hey, these three guys are transferring. <laughs>
0: That's good research, that's why you're the best in the business, so that means that tanner holden it's if we if it's apples to apples, that means Tanner Holden hypothetically could have entered the transfer portal at any point by now and has just not done so um
1: yeah i think I think the question for Holden because here's my thing
0: the minutes I don't know, the minutes would would be there I think
1: holy hell would the minutes be there because here's my dream lineup starting next year is. Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, Tanner Holden, Jameson Battle, Zed If I'm the coach, that's the five I put out there with the with the five position being very, very loose. They're probably playing the same minutes. I'm just starting Zed Key. Um, this, so that's where I think if you're Tanner Holden, if you know that, the only really options they have of the three are Tanner Holden or a freshman. Right, I would take yeah. Tanner Holden over any freshman. That's just, I mean, and I'm the biggest Scotty Milton fan in the world. I think Scotty Mills is going to be first team All-Big Ten freshman. I think he's going to be incredible. But if you can put a guy who's just played the position a little bit at that level and has, you know, has just a, that little bit more experience, I just feel more comfortable starting the season with that and then going from there. So now I don't know why it seemed like Ohio State kind of took him out of the rotation towards the end of the year you know people have their opinions i don't really know what the case was i don't i haven't heard anything so i don't know
0: it's off course stuff
1: it's it's yeah it, yeah so if, if yeah. the only yeah. question is does that change moving into this year right does that change moving into this year or does it not if it doesn't yeah move on go somewhere else if it does if he if he's in the rotation this year i think he starts i think he probably plays 20 25 minutes a game that's a whole different ball game so I, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, 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 yeah, the, I know I'm, I'm at the point, though, to where, like, with transfers, if you haven't entered the portal yet, what the hell are you waiting on? <laughs> like, there are, there are 20% of Division One players are in the portal. We're talking thousands of guys. Like, you're risking just become another name, you know? You you got to – maybe you're waiting to, like, the very end and hoping, like, kind of, like, getting late, like tickets last minute, hoping a little cheaper. I don't know. But you got to you got to get in the portal at this rate. Maybe he's trying to figure out the eligibility stuff fit. You know, that's fair. But also, if I'm him, I enter the portal. If the eligibility stuff comes back and says, hey, you're not really going to be able to play anywhere else. I just go back to Ohio State. But I'm entering the portal immediately to see where it is.
0: yeah all i can say about tanner is that it sounds it it, it sounds like it sounds like when tanner transferred to ohio state it was very clear of what yeah, uh, of what the minutes would be for him, what the role would be for Tanner. And at the time when Tanner transferred, which if you remember, that was like a, a, a very rapid process. Like Tanner Holden was in the portal for maybe five days. He visited April, Ohio. April 2nd. He, April he visited September. Ohio State like a day after he was in the portal. He committed to Ohio State like three days later. It was very quick. It sounds like it was very clear to him what his role would be, that it would take him a little time, they told him, to adjust from... Um, I think Wright State to Horizon League to so Horizon League two, um, Big Ten, and that you know he may not start. The minutes are probably not going to carry over from Wright State to Ohio State. He's not going to be the guy anymore. He's not going to have the same role. And as long as he's okay with a reduced role, like they're not going to Ohio State, they're not going to guarantee you anything. They're going to tell you what they think your role is going to be. Then he'd be a perfect fit for the program based on his personality and his work ethic and stuff. It kind of sounds like as the season went on, maybe Tanner wasn't really happy or accepting of that role. That's, but that's kind of what they told him he was signing up for. That's what it sounds like. I don't have information about what specifically happened behind closed doors or like what happened, but it sounds like maybe he wasn't as accepting of the role that was proposed to him as the season went on, which makes me believe that if he stayed for another season, and he was you know got a bunch of coaches dnp's on the stretch i don't know if he would go from that to starting but i do what? think that if if he was willing to accept a 15-ish to 20 minute role he's good enough he is good enough to score 8 9 10 points oh. a game is a big him
1: i don't think his on the court stuff was was any issue i think he looked like he scored the ball well when he played there his defense was decent i mean there was nothing really on the court that stood out as like he's not ready for this the one thing I will say nobody's Bryce's decision impacts nobody more than Tanner Holden because if Tanner stays and Bryce does come back you're talking about going from maybe being a starter again like you said I don't know if you go from where he was to starting but you're talking about maybe being a starter to maybe not having any minutes at all because Bryce is going to come back and he's going to play 25 to 30 minutes a game and you want to get Scotty Middleton, Devin Royal as involved as you can because they're the future. Plus you have um, your two your main guards in Thornton and Gale. You have, Nate, I, I guess, maybe Javon Small if they get him or not. And then you also have Taysen Chapman coming in, who, again, you're going to want to get into the fold as soon as possible. So you're going from, like, maybe being a starter, worst-case scenario, probably playing 15, 20 minutes a game off the bench, to, like, if Bryce comes back, there might not be a role for you here at all. So that's where it gets really tricky of, like, and again, you you can't really wait till you know you can't wait till you know what Bryce is doing to even enter the portal. I'm pretty sure the portal is like really closed by then. So I don't know. I don't know if there's a date on when you can enter the portal. I think there is. I don't know when it is, but I, I think it's sometime in May. Yeah, I do too. So that's where like that gets kind of tricky. Of like you're kind of just waiting and seeing. A lot of what you know, Ohio State is. There's a lot depending on kind of what Bryce decides to do. So, and I think Tanner Holden's role is a good example of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned, you know, just a couple other guys we're we're getting in close to 40 minutes here. So we'll probably take a pace a little bit. You mentioned small from East Carolina. Um, He is visiting Oklahoma, Oklahoma state and Ohio state Um, next week. I know his visit with Ohio state is like the middle of next week. It's going to be a two day visit. Um, Basically they're going to sell him on the role of basically you're going to back up Bruce Thornton and you're going to back up Roddy Gale, but also you're going to have an opportunity to compete with Roddy for the starting two, it sounds like. Um, so that's basically any guard that comes to Ohio state is going to have to accept that they may not be a starter. Roddy is going to have the head up on that starter spot. But I think even if you're backing up both of those guys, that, that guard fill in the blank is going to play probably close to 20 minutes a game.
1: Right. And because if,
0: if it flips and it's like small starting and Roddy backing him up, Roddy is also still going to play close to probably 20 minutes a game. Um, but they'll have an opportunity to bump Roddy out of that spot and, and start at the two potentially.
1: You know, because we can put a pin in this right now. Bronny, Bronny James is not coming to Ohio State. So what you have is you basically have three guards right now, like guards, guards, in terms of Roddy Gale, Bruce Thornton, and Tayson Chapman. Chapman's going to play. I think Chapman's fantastic. He's kind of been a little bit under the radar because he signed late. Uh, Because he had some injuries his junior year and this year, but he's a fantastic player. But I think they're going to want to try to ease him into the fold. So you're talking about pretty much any guard you're trying to sell them on, outside of if you go, you know, get a top, top guard, which you're not going to get. You know, you're selling them on the idea that, hey, look, we have a one, we have a two. We need someone to back up both of them, right? So Bruce Thornton plays 30 minutes and Roddy Gale plays 28. We need someone to fill in that 12 to 16 to 18 minute gap there. And that can be a role. So that was kind of, I, I think it's a good role to have. I think, I think small, if you watch the tape on him, he fills that role pretty well. There's this concept that Ohio State has to go get this like knockdown shooter. I'm not really in on that one. I don't think they have to. I don't think, look, shooters never hurt. Okay. But you have Bruce Thornton, who I think can shoot the ball to 38 to 40% clip. Roddy Gale shot the lights out of the ball in the in the postseason, in the tournament. Now, that's not going to be sustainable, but I still think he can shoot at a pretty high clip. Jameson Battle is the best, one of the best shooters in the conference. Depending on who's at the three, whether it's Bryce or Tanner or Scotty, they can all shoot. And you have, you know, I mean, Zed Key kind of shot a little bit, but I wouldn't. And you're really forgetting somebody,
0: man. Space. You're forgetting another guy that I think is, that could, end up, could well, end up potentially taking the sense of ball route and really, really, really surprising people by the mismatch. And I think that's Devin Royal. Right. Um, well, I
1: don't. I to be very honest, I don't know how well Royal can shoot. That's all I'm, I'm going
0: at there. Oh no, he can't. Um, like he can shoot. Okay, cool. So, so,
1: but again, so Devin Royal can shoot. So you have all of these different guys. I don't think they have to go get some knockdown shooter. I think you have to go get a guy who can handle the ball, who can play good defense off the bench, and who is a, a, a kind of a more reliable. All right, like he averaged what five point seven assists last year. Small at ECU.
0: Yeah, I think it was five and a half, something yeah, like
1: that. Five yeah, five and a half. Yeah, so you got a, a good distributor of the ball, good facilitator, can handle the ball well, plays good defense. That's what you need. I don't really think you have to go get this 42% three-point shooter but can do nothing on the court outside of that. You know, you need a guy who can really knock down kind of your P's and your Q's. What's the one thing Ohio State fans have criticized Holman on the past five? Not the one thing, but a big thing the past five years is, oh, they don't want to break a press. They can't break a press is the kid. They can help be break the press. So that's, there you go.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're going to add some, they're, they're one way or another. Ohio state is going to add, they're going to add a guard through the transport. I don't know if it'll be in the next week. I don't know if it'll be small. I don't know if it'll be in May when they, it's clearer about both Tanner and Bryce they're, they're going to add a guard to the roster before November, some way, somehow it's going to happen. Um, another yeah. guy that, uh, maybe the last guy that we'll talk about, which it's fun. I don't think it'll happen. Um, Mackenzie Mbako is the number seven player in the <laughs> 2023 class. Um, so he's like, you know, he's graduating high school in a few weeks. Um, this is a very, very unique situation with him because you don't see guys like this, this deep into their final year of high school, all of a sudden decommit. Um, but Mackenzie Mbako decommitted from Duke. And he's it's not like he's going overseas. I guess he could go overseas or like uh do the uh you know, uh what's it called?
1: They said G League teams are gonna be uh, definitely an option for him.
0: An right option. Now. Like he could he could do that, but it also sounds like he's just like opening up the recruitment like, hey, I could still that the most likely scenario is yeah, he commits somewhere else to play college ball. Um and his top four If you look at the top four, it gets kind of interesting because obviously Duke is out. Um, Kentucky, for one reason or another, I don't know their roster makeup. Kentucky's already said they will not um, be adding him. like They will not be going back to try to find a way to add him. And his other two in his top four were Ohio State and Memphis. Other teams are going to get involved, but Ohio State was in the top two. Um, I can tell you reasons why it probably won't happen, but I mean, Justin, you – you're you're a slut for the plot too you can tell me why it would happen
1: <laughs> uh because that'd be sick first of all uh he's he's in I mean he's a one and done so it'd be nice to keep that streak going um second of all it's kind of hilarious that like great transition by us like yeah they're definitely going to add a guard only a guard they're adding a guard by the way there's a stretch four though that <laughs> is, is has now opened up his recruitment also it's hilarious He announced that and maybe eight minutes later, Kyle Filipkowski announced he was coming back. So Mm -hmm. hard to really, you know, put those dots together. Um, Because again, Mbaku plans on being, I have no idea if I'm saying his name right, I hope I am. He plans on being a one and done. So he doesn't want to try to be behind Kyle Filipkowski the whole time. So, I mean, I'm not going to say no, (laughs) you know, I I think it would be interesting to see, I guess you would just slide battle to the three. Um, I'm never gonna shy away from talent, and this is one of the most talented freshmen in the class. So you know, if you if he wants to come to Columbus, be my guest. Um, I think he ends up somewhere like probably like fucking like Arkansas or something. I don't know. They tend to get everybody. So Arkansas has more scholarships in, on their basketball team than their football team. I'm almost positive, but um, yeah, it'd be great. Uh, he's a heck of a player. He, he's a great defender. It's kind of a. I wouldn't say he's a stretch for. He can shoot the ball. sixty six ten six ten. He's I'm about.
0: In. He's about the same size. So I mean, his twenty four seven page has him at six eight two ten. So he's like a. He's about the same size as Jameson Battle. So you could go. You could go three four probably. That would be a big lineup if you had like Battle and Mbako and like Akpara on the on the floor at the same time. There are definitely pros and cons to doing that. Um, but other schools are, are definitely going to get involved. But it's, uh, the timing is just weird because you have so many schools that, you know, there's a reason that, that uh, coaches offer kids years in advance. Like you've got your scholarship and your plan and your head lined up to fill rosters. Teams don't really want to have empty spots at this point in the cycle. So there are probably schools that would like to go out and make a, a run at him, like Kentucky, I'm guessing, that they just might not have a spot. They might already have four or five freshmen coming in. They just don't have a spot. And I think that's Ohio State's situation. Um I don't see a situ I don't see them using their final spot on a on not a guard, like you said. They need a guard. It looks like I also only, don't see you know, Chris Holtman I'll say they, they already have four freshmen coming in, and they have four more freshmen uh sophomores now on the roster. I don't know if, if they would want to add another freshman and have nine of their 13 scholarships be freshmen and sophomores. I think they want to add a guard who has more experience, and then I think the NIL thing comes into play as well. I think the money. the money Yeah, is come it into looks play. like
1: he's probably going to Louisville, which would make sense. Louisville's had a good offseason you know, trying to rebuild that program. It, it, it fits. Um, it is, and I, I, I kind of keep saying this, and I do think it's funny everyone's super excited about next season for Ohio state. And I am too. I think they will be very good next season. I have them. I did a quick, just in my head of rosters. Now I have them third in the big 10 right now behind Michigan state and Purdue and behind those two teams by a lot, by the way, but only behind those two teams. Maybe if Michigan adds who they're saying they're going to add, Michigan might jump them, but I don't know. It's, I got to see it all work together first. Um, but it's also like there's a very real chance they start three sophomores and a freshman next year. So while I am excited for next year, I'm just excited for the future because there's a lot coming in. There's a lot going on. Looks like they're probably in the lead for Amir Ali, the 2024. He was a five star, now he's a four star, but whatever the case, still elite talent. Junie Mobley's obviously already signed, who I've literally seen people compare to Steph Curry, which I don't love, but um, just because that's just a, that's a ridiculous thing to call a high schooler but apparently you can shoot the lights on the ball. So I'm excited. And James battle makes me even more excited for this exact season, because I think he's exactly what they needed. And thank you, James battle. And maybe thank you, Mackenzie and Baku, if he can plans on coming, but he probably won't. So thank you, Javon small for coming. And he probably will.
0: Those yeah, are my things. I think that's that, a minute with Justin. That, yeah, that was, that was the thing. Um, yeah, the position, they're gonna add an older guard. I just don't see them adding in And I think that the NIL, like the money thing also, like I, I think it has I think it would it'll carry some weight when you are going back into your recruitment this late. It's like, okay, how many schools even have a spot? Well that narrows down the field quite a bit. Um and as much as Ohio State is a worldwide, you know, global brand, I don't think that anybody no nobody's stupid. Everybody knows that when you're talking about Big endorsements, NIL deals, getting money from collectives and businesses. Ohio State football players are raking it in. Ohio State basketball players are more on the low. Um, there are guys that. It'll have, be interesting to see, like, if
1: we know the NIL is going to come into some kind of play with Senzibale. It will be interesting to see if any of that information gets public and just how much they leaned into it. Because I, I genuinely believe Bryce Sensabaugh is the difference of like, all right, this team's a good top 25 team, seven or eight seed in the tournament, to like, all right, this team's a, a three seed in the tournament and like a top 10 team in the country. If, if Sensabaugh comes back, I genuinely believe that. So it's, Imagine it's a scenario. if they truly, truly lean into it.
0: Imagine a scenario where Bryce Sensabaugh is a sophomore Bryce Sensabaugh who is averaging like at this point of the season, say he's averaging 18. as a sophomore, like 18 a game. Yeah, he goes to the 18. basket – and Iowa knows they have to throw three defenders at him below the basket to stop it. And Bryce Sensball is unable able to kick it out to a wide open Jamison battle on the perimeter.
1: Who yeah, I mean,
0: that's, is a thirty six percent career three point shooter who hasn't really played for good teams. If he starts getting wide open looks, um,
1: yeah, I don't that know what the I don't know what I don't know what we rate our show, but I will orgasm.
0: So hello, yeah, he's about to get bleeped. Um, <laughs> but I will bleep. I know that people uh, try to predict what I actually said. I know that like sensibleba and key um i know they had like n i l deals with like a local bank or they were like they're in their like instagram the, like, in their instagram posts and they're in like commercials and stuff for like a local bank but I don't think any o s u players had like massive deals with like big i think justice suing was with was with express which is actually a pretty big company and i'm surprised that justice suing no was offense he to with
1: him, did he have was he in part of the the Stroud and j s n one they were express, right?
0: Yes, I think they were. I you, we know he's not getting the same money that they're he's they were getting. Well, but um, God no. Well, this is also interesting greater, that
1: Like there sorry.
0: are brands that could. There are just there are brands, universities that have have already shown that they're willing and they're I guess their collectives and their backers are willing to throw just monumental amounts of money at basketball players. And I don't think that Ohio State basketball is on that level. So if it comes down to money, I think there are lesser programs like. No, not trying to be mean, but like Louisville, that might be able to incentivize Mbako to go there because there's more NL opportunities than there is at Ohio State. Even though Ohio State basketball, I think, is in a much better spot than Louisville right now. It's,
1: it's hilarious. You're not wrong, but it's a hilarious to say a lesser program like you know Louisville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like right now, you're not wrong, but yeah. say that in like 2017. It's, and I mean, Sensible is doing the uh, what they're calling a spring fest on the 20th, so we'll be at the shot then. I still think it's a very, 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 very small chance he comes back. But I do think, you know, again, ESPN had him at 19 going to the Rockets, which I think is a hilarious fit because all the Rockets have is bucket getters that can't play defense. So it's like hilarious that they're like, let's just get another, let's just do it again Um, because that always works. So that's a hilarious pick, but one, I would definitely not put past the Rockets.
0: All right. Last thing, Caleb Love, Caleb Love going to Michigan, Hunter Dickinson is out to me. That's honestly like, the, just the funniest combination of two things that could have happened like ever in the world that Dickinson left on and out, like just out of nowhere, Hunter Dickinson left Michigan. And then they add Caleb Love who like the, the range of outcomes on Caleb Love is like I'm just stretching my arms like an alligator as high up and down as they could go right now.
1: Yeah. I, I'll buckle up. I'm in for the ride. I'm just, I'm glad I'm not like, yeah, I don't know. Good luck. That's going to be fun to watch.
0: I mean, that Michigan's roster is just like kind of depleted right now. They lost Dickinson. They lost um, the younger Howard who's going to the NBA. They lost Kobe Bufkin, which I was a little surprised that he didn't keep his eligibility at least because he's projected to go somewhere between like 20 and 30. He'll be a first rounder probably. Um, but I was a little surprised that Bufkin was just like, no, I'm out. I'm done. Um, I'm not coming back. And so they, uh, they picked up like Namari Burnett, I think from Alabama, but like this Michigan roster just not have much. So Caleb Love could probably take 30 shots a game at Michigan. He probably will take 30 shots at least a couple times this year. And it's going to be so funny.
1: Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like the best place Caleb Love could have gone was a place where he was really held accountable, really, you know, not given the full green light, really make him buy into the, team and the whole aspect of what you have going on and he just went to the complete opposite (laughs) he just went to Michigan where John Howard just like all right go do stuff you know like like his son never bought into the team so okay good luck with Caleb Love but again Caleb Love is very talented so it might work we'll see
0: yeah I'm really looking forward to the first Caleb Love game where he goes like three of 17 for like nine points um I mean, it's it's I'm, a given. Gonna he's, gonna,
1: he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna win you games. He's gonna lose you games. Yeah. He's, the question yeah, is, yeah. which one is more? <laughs> he's is also, just,
0: exactly. Last exactly. year
1: in North Carolina, he won them more. than They lost them. This year, he lost them more than he won them. He's let's let's, let's uh, break the tie this year.
0: Think like the streakiness of like Dwayne Washington Jr., but like <laughs> Times if, if yeah, but <laughs> if he like shotgun two Monster Energy drinks to his head, like. <laughs> like, that's Caleb Love. Like, he's, he's so going to have a 4 for 20 game. He's also probably going to have a game where he goes like 12 for 16 and drops like 35. You don't yeah, know which one you're going to get.
1: Because he is very good. He 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 hit the biggest shot in the past, like, 10 years in the tournament. One of them. So, that's who he is. He's a great – he's a – yeah, <laughs> good player.
0: All right, you got anything else? Yeah, let's go Bucks. <laughs> if you want to follow us on twitter i don't even know we're closing it's been two weeks you can follow us on twitter it's at bucketheads lgpn right langran podcast bucketheads lgpn um you can follow me at lamans underscore connor justin do you use twitter anymore no just the brand account
1: yeah I just I just retweet tweet transfer portal stuff from uh, bucket hits
0: <laughs> um, if you found us on the website also subscribe on Spotify um, if you're already subscribed on Spotify the, the change in the you know the, the little technical change here shouldn't change if you're already subscribed so you made it this far we appreciate you uh, have a great weekend and go Bucks